The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here with us. If you're someone who is looking for another perspective on work or not sure you're in the right job or doesn't know what you want to be when you grow up (laughs) or any of those kinds of things or just want to hear inspiring stories, this show is for you and I'm glad you're here. Before I bring on my first guest, I want to say something about who I am and my background and tell you about this show so you know what what it is that we're trying to do here and then we'll bring on our our first chef, Chef Tara, our first (laughs) guest, Chef Tara. So about me, why I am doing this is I really am someone who cares about people and the world of work. I spent the last 17 years in the human capital industry. I started off in recruiting in Seattle, and I was recruiting for information technology professionals back then. So the great thing about recruiting is that it got me into the personal space of people's lives back then, and it taught me how to interview, which of course has come in really handy for me over the years. Um, Today at Elise Cortez and Associates, what I do is I speak, I do individual coaching, I do workshops for the public and and for organizations, and my my general interests have to do with leadership development, employee engagement, professional development, and so really over the last several years, I've had the chance to be on the developmental opportunity with thousands of people, and that has been a precious job for me. Um, I'm also Gallup certified as a strengths coach, so that means that I bring that perspective with me when I coach individuals and and with my workshops. So it's all about what's great about somebody and how can we make it even better. Um, I'm also a professor at the University of Phoenix. I teach various psychology courses like personality, theories of motivation, organizational development, stuff like that. And the reason I do that is because it helps me stay academically sharp and help me also develop the next um, generation of students and minds. Um, finally, I'm a meaning and work researcher. So I started this this track of my life probably about, I guess, 12, th- 12 years ago when I was working on my PhD dissertation. Uh, and again, back then, since I was in the recruiting space and I was working with IT people, I looked at them and I thought, wow, these are people doing really cool, amazing work. I mean, if you think about it, they were creating technology that improved the way we communicate, practice healthcare, got around via transportation. So I was really intrigued with who they were and the kind of work they were doing. But I wanted to know, what did they think about their work and where were they in their work? And so I focused my dissertation research on that same topic. And then, of course, over the years, remained intrigued and using that kind of idea, that kind of mindset, those results in my my workshops and my coaching. And then three years ago, I had this really great idea, which happens, you know, you got to be careful about the great ideas that happen when you're all by yourself, right? (laughs) I had this great idea that I wanted to expand that research. And so 
I went off to interview 115 men and women between the ages of 18 and 80 across 20 different professions across the United States to learn how they were experiencing their work and what did it mean to who they were. And so what happened from that, from that result is that I ended up with what I call modes of engagement. So specifically 15 modes of engagement. So a mode of engagement is really a snapshot in time. It's a way to be able to describe how a person is experiencing their work and what it means to who they are. And so when you think about these 15 modes of engagement, I, they register anywhere along the spectrum of somebody who's extremely fulfilled in their work, extremely engaged, and feels like their work is really, in many ways, their life's purpose. And so obviously, it's very important to who they are as a human being. All the way down to the other end, where there are people that are out there really desperately looking for that purpose. They want work that is really meaningful, that's really going to make them feel like their life was worthwhile, but haven't found it yet, but desperately want to do so. And so it sort of reflects negatively on how they think about themselves or causes them a fair amount of angst. And I do have all that information on my website. If you care to check it out, it's at www.elisecortez.com. And you go to the research books tab and you can go ahead and read about the research and you can download a four page description of those modes of engagement and see which one you might be experiencing today. Um, from here, from now that we've got, we've got these results, the next step is, uh, is for a colleague and I to work on writing the results into a book. So that's a project for this year. So that kind of brings us to where we are today about the show. Why are we doing this show? Well, my thought was that I had this really privileged life as I was going through that research. I got to have 115 really amazing, intimate, personal conversations with people about their lives and their work and what it meant to them. And that was such an enriching journey for me. I learned so much about work and life and inspiration and even myself that I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be cool if we did something like that on this radio show? So the plan is to be able to bring in guests who will come in and share their experiences of their work and their life and what it means to them. And the whole idea is is, is to be able to help awaken in you self-awareness to get you asking questions such as, is my work what I really want it to be? And if it's not, what would I like it to be? And how do I get there? So hopefully each week you're feeling nurtured in your own growth, educated about the possibilities or path forward, aware of any self-imposed limitations you might have about work, and really inspired to make a change in your life if, if you so want to. So this show is really all about helping you to work towards your purpose, whatever that might be, or just work more intentionally in such a way that your work gives you what you want in overall work-life integration. That is, you're mindful about the work and why you're doing it. So if you think about it, you know, we spend at least a third of, of our lives at work. So let's work on purpose. So with that, let's bring in our very first ever guest on this show. Um, our guest is Chef Tara Anderson. And let me say a little bit about how I found her. I met her here in Dallas at the Lakewood Service League. We were both members and volunteers. Over the years, she's become a friend. And she's also a mentor to my 12-year-old daughter who aspires to be a chef. So she's pretty special over, overall. And I chose to kick her off um, in the show as the very first guest because she's done something that many, many people all over the world aspire to do but never quite find a way to pull off. And that is she's found a way to start her own business. So thanks for joining us, Chef Tara. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be your first guest. <laughs> Will you just introduce yourself to us? Tell us a little bit about, about who you are and about what, what your business does. Yes. Well, I am uh, a mother, a chef, and the owner of Half Pint Palettes, which is a uh, basically a baby food and toddler meal company that I developed in uh, really 2012, 2013 after working 
for years in, in corporate food service from culinary positions to leadership and, and development positions. And finally convinced myself that I was ready to make a leap and make a change towards something I really wanted to be doing and make a difference in the food industry in a way that I felt was the most impactful, which was starting from infancy and not catering to adults. Uh, I was raised on a farm and, and kind of had firsthand knowledge of the freshest, cleanest food that, uh, that you could get. And so I wanted to bring that to more people. And that's my goal with Half Pint Palettes and with any future venture that I have. And I'm married. I have two children. I have an infant and a four-year-old. And they continue to be my inspiration as well as my husband. So... Who was also a chef. Who was also a chef. <laughs> that was not planned. Um, I, I know this story, but I'd love for our listeners to hear it as well. How did you decide to pursue a career as a chef? Why this field? Uh, well, um, I don't know if this is like anyone else, but uh, because I grew up on a family farm, those of you who did do that or have grandparents who did that, uh, there was not really a day that there wasn't something to do. There was no boredom. And one of my chores was cooking when I got older. Um, I don't know why. I, I know I had a lot of allergies, and I think that, that might have attested to it. It kept me inside a little bit more. And so I, I took on a lot of the garden work and the cooking in the summertime specifically. And then during the school year, uh, I did it sporadically as time allowed um and at first I was a little annoyed because my brother didn't have to cook and I had to cook and I was younger and I thought well that's pretty sexist but I didn't know that at the time I didn't know that's what I was thinking I just thought well that's not right why doesn't he have to cook why do I have to cook um however my dad had a really uh, enlightening conversation with me one day and said well you're gonna have to continue to do it so you can either learn to enjoy it or you can continue to hate it so figure out a way to like it or keep hating it. And uh, there weren't a lot of choices growing up in my house, which I don't resent. I just, there just weren't. This is the way it was and, and you just did it. And so I said, okay, I guess I got to figure out how to do it. And because I had total freedom, there were no restrictions and there were a lot of restrictions in our life. We, we led a really strict life with a lot of responsibility and I learned that this was the only place I had freedom and I could do whatever I wanted. And I wasn't um, told if I was doing anything wrong. I wasn't corrected. I was either praised or something didn't work out. It didn't taste good. Well, then we talked about why that happened and we moved on. And so I really think uh, from a realistic perspective, that's why I was, was attracted to it from the very beginning. And then as I got older and realized that I could actually have a career in this um, and that I could leave the town that I grew up in, which was a thousand people and go somewhere else and do something different than anybody else I knew. That was very appealing to me. Um, but I was really passionate about cooking. I was really passionate about food. I really wanted to please people. And I think that is really what led me to pursue a career as a chef um, and, and something in the creative field, but a chef specifically. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, one other thing that I think I remember you saying about this story that your dad also instilled in you is this idea of leading, not following. Yeah, he, uh, my dad had many business ventures in his life and never once felt like there was 
that he had failed when one didn't work out. And, and when we left the farm because of a, a family disagreement, he went on and started a whole other business. And, and he said, you know, you have, you have the opportunity to lead. You're, you're, you're blessed with a supportive family and education and, and a great work ethic. So take that and go with it and, and lead. Don't be a follower. And so that's what I try to do, and that's what I hopefully will instill into my children, and my husband does as well. So it's, it's a very attractive quality to me, and I usually look for that in friendships as well. I think I remember you also saying that that was something that you really wanted to model for your children, specifically. Yeah, I want them to be, uh, you know, to do the right thing because they know it's right. Um, you know, do better because you know better, but also... Um, do things the right way. Always seek out the best way to do things. And, and sometimes that means learning, uh, having a difficult lesson. But yeah, you know, finding the right path sometimes is difficult. And you have to kind of cut back all the briars and cut the fat, I like to say. You know, get out the excess that you don't need in your life. And that sometimes means work. That sometimes means extracurricular activities that sometimes means people um but in order to move forward in your life and to really get what you want sometimes you have to get away from uh, the, some of the unnecessary things and and that's something that I learned growing up is that there you don't have a lot of needs um you have a lot of wants so go after what you need and try to make those things meaningful okay awesome I love that and I'm trying to do the same for my 12 year old daughter as well well, it's time for our, our first break here. Um, while you're away, if you're curious about those modes of engagement, as I mentioned, I would encourage you to go check out my site at EliseCortez.com, navigate to the Research Books tab, um, and there you'll find there's a PDF uh, of a description of the, of the modes. And it'd be great if you could take a look at that, read them, see if you can determine which mode of engagement you're currently experiencing today. Um, and after the break, we'll hear more from Chef, from Chef Tara. I do want to encourage you to call in with your questions or your comments. The number to call into is one 888 346-9141. Stay tuned. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for coming back with us, and welcome back to work, Working on Purpose. We're back here with Chef Tara Anderson of Half Pint Palettes. And I was just about getting ready to ask her just how it was she decided to leave her nice corporate executive job to start her own business. So what's the story there, Chef Tara? Well, to really understand it, uh, I guess it all started, like most things do, uh, growing up with um, a father who pursued his dreams of of one day owning a farm and, and working on a farm. He grew up with his dad managing farms and and he ran two successful businesses that, that then became unsuccessful businesses due to circumstances out of his control. And finally made a decision to, to with his father, buy a farm in western Kentucky. And I was six when we moved from our little country club life in southern Indiana and moved to western Kentucky to this beautiful 500-acre farm uh, with a dilapidated old house. And my dad pulled a trailer up next to the house and told my mom, this is home with 10,000 hogs and 500 head of cattle and 500 head of sheep and 500 acres. And it was quite a shock for probably for my mom. My brother and I were probably too young, I think, to even realize. We, we probably just thought it was cool. I don't know. what I don't even remember what I thought. I just, we moved. That was it. We had no choice. Um, but I watched... Uh, my family uh, become a stronger unit because uh, because we had to be re- completely reliant on each other. We didn't know anybody. We, we were in a completely new community. The, really, the only family that we had was my grandfather and his wife. And uh, here we were on a farm, and my mom knew absolutely nothing about agriculture. And my dad knew quite a bit, but um, had never actually farmed before. So um, watching him kind of take on this dream without any backup plan uh and my mom wasn't even working so it's not like there was another income uh it really was kind of ballsy and and uh and living that life and then seeing that change as he got older um and my mother and my mother got older and you know obviously we all got older uh her her deciding that she wanted to pursue a career of her own and to potentially own a business of her own, which was probably something that she had never even considered. Um, she was born in the late fifties and, and, you know, probably would have been completely happy being a housewife her life and, and raising kids. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but seeing that she had an opportunity to also be an entrepreneur and watching, I think my dad pursue his dreams and be happy and not being tied to anyone except his own ambitions might've been maybe inspiring to her. And so I also watched my mom, develop and and grow a business and then later buy it Uh, so she worked in this business and then eventually had the opportunity to buy the business from the owner who wanted to retire 
and he offered it up to her um, as a natural takeover and she did and now she still owns that business with my brother who has come into business with her and they've they've grown it tenfold since since then um and then once once we left the farm as i said before the break uh my dad decided you know life's not over yet i've had losses and i've had wins so i'm gonna try this again and he and his nephew started a business again applying manure (laughs) Um, two farms so you know he still stayed in agriculture he knew there was a need out there and he went and found a solution and you know I think that's that's something that that I found in my career is that there was an there is a need in the marketplace for what I'm doing currently and I met I have met that with the solution and would love to take it on a national stage to be able to do that um, but really that's that's what will make it seem successful to me is is to see that I've really met that need in in everyday lives that, that we find ourselves having right now. So I, I started this business because I've always wanted to be a business owner. I've always known that that would be something I might do one day because it, it was an example that was set to me from being five years old. I've watched it my whole life. There really seemed no other way it was what's the path to become a business owner one day? What, at what point am I going to step away from being an employee and become an owner? Um, and sometimes different things spark that. Sometimes it's I've had it. The boss is a jerk and I'm finally moving on. Sometimes it's just a natural progression. Sometimes it's an opportunity that knocks on your door that, you know, you think, wow, this is it. This is this is my moment. I have to take it. Uh, and so for me, I was working, uh, when I decided to launch Half Pint Pellets, I was working for PepsiCo as their uh, corporate chef for food service. Basically, my job was to take their PepsiCo portfolio products like Pepsi, like Naked Juice, like Frito-Lay products, and incorporate them into menu items for uh, large-scale restaurants, um, big chain restaurants, and help them sell menu items using our products and also using, you know, the, the brand of the restaurant. And that was my job. It was 100% creative. I really didn't have a schedule. I kind of made my schedule. I built a kitchen in, in upstate New York near PepsiCo headquarters. I mean, I had a lot of freedom. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a lot of great uh, interactions with PepsiCo, and I learned a lot about brand management and about develop not just developing a brand, but about reinventing a brand that over the years maybe become stagnant and um, also learned about how to balance my life. I left, when I left New York and moved to Dallas, um, I was working for a company and uh, as a corporate chef, but I was traveling a lot and doing a lot of new business with them. And I worked ungodly hours. I worked 15 hours a day and would work for three, three weeks straight and then take three or four days off and then go back at it. And that was great when I was single and, had no friends and had no kids and didn't care. I just wanted to make money. But when I moved to, to marry my husband and, and start a new life here in Dallas, I decided I didn't want that life anymore. I didn't want to only exist on work alone. I had really no friends other than a friend that lived out of town. I had never had a relationship except with someone that I worked with, which we all know that's bad news. I had no desire to have kids because I thought, how in the hell am I ever going to have kids if I'm working all these hours? What kind of life is that for a child? That's no, that's not, that's not a family. And decided to reevaluate and say, okay, what is it that I really want out of life? What is it that will really fulfill me? 
And what is it that won't fulfill me? And so I started looking for work here in Dallas and worked for a garden shop temporarily because I like to garden and thought, well, at least, you know, I get paid to do it. Um, And then finally got a job or got an interview with a friend of a friend, which is how a lot of work happens, I think. Uh, He was the chef for Frito-Lay and they were looking for some contract work. And said, hey, you know, why don't you tell your wife to come by? I know she's new in town. She's looking for work. It could be something temporary to get her going. So I came in and interviewed. And basically, it was like, you've got the job if you want the job. Do you want the job? And at the time, it was, you know, 15 hours a week here and there. And within a month, I was working 40 hours a week, contract work for PepsiCo and and for Frito-Lay. It was fantastic. And then I had a kid. And then I started struggling with making baby food and making meals and having time and traveling and all the things that most of you and most of us deal with on a weekly basis and realize that this is a challenge that people are having in their lives. How do I make a great meal for my family or baby food or meals for my kids to go to school? Because, you know, packing a lunch is not it's not as easy as it used to be. And school lunches aren't that great. Uh, and that just kept like resonating with me. I had, a, I had a, a, a baby and then I had a six month old and then I had a one year old and then we went on vacation and we bought baby food at like this, at a Whole Foods in Florida. And it was awful. It was awful. And my daughter wouldn't eat it. And I, I thought, I, I looked at my husband and on the package, it was like chef inspired. It was all this beautiful language that marketing people write. And I thought, wow, this looks amazing. It all it has all the right words. It should taste amazing. It tastes awful. And my husband said, well, are you going to do something about that? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you've been looking for your purpose. You've been looking for a reason to, you know, do something on your own. Maybe this is an opportunity. Maybe you should be making baby food. And, and I kind of like, shoved it off, kept the baby food pouch, just thinking like, oh, you know, let me, let me see if there's something to this. I'm sure there's somebody in Dallas delivering. Like we live in Dallas where everything's done for everybody. If you want it to be, surely somebody's making baby food here. And there weren't anybody making baby food in Dallas or anywhere really, except Atlanta. A lady was making it and delivering it and shipping it frozen. Um, She had like three different menu items. And so I thought, okay, well, nobody's doing this either because there's no market for it or because nobody's thought to do it yet. Um, And so that's really how it came to be. Uh, It really all happened um, accumulatively through my life, but it really all came to a head on a beach vacation when I wasn't thinking about work, when I wasn't thinking about anything else. I was just thinking about feeding my child and not having to cook on vacation and not having to clean up on vacation. And so I went the easy route and bought baby food and it was terrible. And so now I find myself as the owner of Half Point Palace, (laughs) a globally inspired baby food company. I love that story and I never, ever tire of it. Uh, I do remember distinctly being in the, the, market focus group that you that you held when you were exploring this idea and I remember sitting there thinking this isn't just a company this is a movement that's what I'm hoping for it's you know I think there's a movement happening in food in America right now that um, unfortunately we've come to you know in a lot of other countries 
food is looked at quite differently than it is here. And I think that we finally have um, people in America starting to wake up and realize what they want to be eating. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. I, I, too, love the idea of developing the palate at an earlier stage so that we're not feeding our kids the French fries, mac and cheese, and mashed potatoes that you see on every children's mm-hmm. menu out there. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that I loved what you were up to is if we get kids eating rutabagas when they're mm-hmm. one, wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. Um, so they learn to like this sort of thing and actually like vegetables. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I loved about what you were trying to do and, and still terribly support Um, We're just around the corner from a break here, so let's go ahead and do that here. And maybe while we're on break, why don't you check out Chef Tara's website? It's www.halfpintpalettes.com. You'll learn kind of more of what she's up to, what her background is, what some of the menu items that she's developed over over the years are all about. They are pretty inspiring. For our international listeners, those of you outside the United States, you can certainly send me an email at elise at elisecortez.com. And after the, after the break, we'll hear more from Chef Tara as to what steps she took to start this business. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Divorce leaves behind some lasting scars. Besides the emotional impact of starting over, keeping your family in order, co-parenting, and the general confusion that comes with it, there are also financial impacts, slow and grueling legal processes, and lack of support and resources to turn to. Tune in to Divorce Sucks, a smart girl's guide to doing it better, with host Laura Maiola. We'll bring you the tools to sort it all out the right way. Every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, 
at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. Back here with Chef Tara Anderson, and I really wanted to hear more about just how it was, the process that you went through to start this business. I don't think it was what maybe many people might do, and that's something that I think our listeners will appreciate, the actual process, the steps that you took. Well, you know, for me, having come from recently working for a a large brand, I realize the value of a brand and that um, it is what gets you into a consumer's grocery cart. It's what makes them a, makes you a regular purchaser. It's why you buy a certain brand of deodorant or toilet paper or whatever it is that you eat. Um, if you buy Doritos or Nabisco or whatever, you know, you're buying a brand and you're buying a story. And I had a story to tell. Um, and it was a pretty significant story to tell. And also, you know, you have to remember that, that shoppers are mostly women. You know, women are doing most of the purchasing um, when you're talking about grocery shopping and you're talking about food purchases. Women are usually making those decisions. Uh, and so I had a, I had kind of a target market. And so I decided that aside from funding, which is an obvious case, you know, we obviously need funding and you need to know what kind of funding you're going to need to start up. Um, but creating a brand for me was the number one, um, the number one thing on my list. And so I sought out an ad agency who was a friend of mine, uh, who owned it. And he had worked for large, prominent ad agencies and decided to start his own boutique firm and said, Hey, listen, I'd love to help you start your brand. Give me a call sometime. And I thought, yeah, right. You know, we'll see if this, we'll see if he's really going to help me or if it's going to be an, I had no idea what the charges would be or anything. So we worked out what I could afford and that landed on being one day a week, me spending three or four hours with them for a couple months. I was still working, contracting with PepsiCo and, um, and the deal with my husband was I had to build a business case. I had to build a reason for him to believe that I could leave my job. Not because he didn't think that I could make this business work, but because I have lots of ideas. They're like blowing out of my head all the time. And he wanted to make sure that this idea wasn't going to be just another idea, that I was really committed to it, that it was something I was really interested in doing. Um, that it was worth leaving my job for, my job that helped pay bills and helped pay mortgage and helped send our kids to school and all those things that, you know, we all struggle with as, as adults. And so I spent three months building a brand and um, building my story around a website and deciding really what I was going to be selling that that I had to, I had to decide that I had to put together a menu. Um, I had to put together uh, a focus board. So I, I did a. The first thing the ad agency told me to do was to put together a um, idea board of everything that interests me about food, everything that's important to me in my personal life, everything that I want to uh, portray, and everything, every message I want to send to someone who might potentially buy my product. So I did that, and it took me, you know, about. 15 minutes because I was very sure of what I was looking to do. Uh, And so I brought that to them. And the first thing we started doing was talking about what I want my brand to, to talk to what I want my brand message to be. And what we landed on was real food, global flavor. Uh, And that's really my, my logo uh, or not my logo. That's really my slogan. 
obviously my my company name uh, was something that we developed along with that. And then we also had another um, another little slogan that was creating a lifetime of uh, culinary adventure. And so I um, what I wanted consumers to see in my brand was a parent, someone who's interested in exposing my child to food from around the world, to unique flavors, but to also comforting flavors, to uh, to get parents out of the rut of giving kids only the same foods all the time, which tend to be the chicken nuggets, the mac and cheese, the starch, heavy starch-based, heavy fat-based foods with little or no other flavor. I am totally fine with people giving their kids mac and cheese. I love mac and cheese, but that shouldn't be the only option when you go to a restaurant and you look at a menu and you think, oh, I guess I'll give them mac and cheese because that's the only thing they'll eat. You know, there should be more options, and that starts, to me, that started at home. And so I built this brand around that concept of of getting these foods into kids' mouths when they're younger, when their palates are already developed, really. We're the only ones restricting what our kids eat, not our kids. Um, and so we, we built the name Half Pint Palates. We built the logo. And this is all something that we did collectively. This was not me going in with a drawing and saying, here you go, this is, uh, this is what I want. I mean, they really approached me multiple times with different looks, different styles. The font was very important to me. My font was probably the second most important thing aside from um, aside from the actual, you know, stamp logo that you'd see uh, because font really says a lot about what you're doing and it says a lot about who's behind, who's writing that font. Is that a mom? Is that, you know, if you're an architect, is that someone who's creative? Is that, you know, what, what does your font say? And so all those things played into, um, into what my brand was going to be. And so only after I had everything about my logo developed, did I then start pursuing consumers and thinking about what will I actually be selling? What will my price points be? Who is my market? How am I going to market to them? Am I going to, you know, am I going to ship? What's the cost of shipping? Well, shipping, let me tell you something. Shipping frozen food across the country ain't cheap. <laughs> it's about, for five pounds, it costs about a hundred bucks, unless you have a huge, big corporate discount. So people really aren't interested in buying baby food for a hundred dollars a shipment. Um which narrowed down that my marketplace or, you know, my marketplace would be direct distribution. I'd be actually delivering it to your home. So I had to make sure that what I was doing would be received in the Dallas market. And so as, I, as you think about, as someone else might think about their business, these are the things that were important to me to make sure that I cater to my demographic, but that I also kind of stretch them a little bit. And, you know, to be quite honest, I'm, Let's see. I'm two years into this business and I've taken a little bit of a hiatus from it because I realized that direct distribution for on small scale is not profitable. Uh, I am looking to to be distributed national and to find a processor that can do it. Um, I was cooking. I was Facebook posting. I was marketing. I was trying to sell. I was trying to speak. I was trying to draw as much attention to my brand as possible once I launched it um, that I kind of ran out of gas I just I couldn't do everything and and I I decided to take a step back and say what is it that I'm really trying to do here 
I've developed this Half Pipe Health brand now. I launched a website. I did focus groups to gauge all this information that I wanted to, to get to get a hold of. I built this beautiful website that has menus, it has nutritional information, it has Q&As about feeding your children, and, and this is stuff that I've studied through the course of my life. Um, so what is it that I want to do with this food brand now? And, and that's kind of where I am right now. Um, I spent a year in delivery, had a decent amount of sales, um, did about $30,000 in, in sales, and for a little bitty baby food company that's delivered by my car and me, that's not bad. Um, I would say not. <laughs> but the costs, you know, the overhead to run that business were, you know, were pretty astronomical. So um, I took about a $100,000 loan and uh, did $30,000 in sales. And so, you know, at the end of the day, that's not a profitable business. And I had no more cash and I had no more energy. I also was getting ready to have another baby. And so I did something that was extremely hard to do. And that was to put the brakes on the company temporarily and say, okay, what's happening with this business next? Um, What's going to make it profitable? What's going to make me feel like it's successful? And how am I really going to get into the marketplace to make a difference in parents and families' lives to make their lives easier, which is my goal, to expose your kids to really great food, that's not full of fillers, that has great flavor, that's inspired globally, that you can pick up at your grocery store, that your kids will actually eat, is not an easy feat. But it's something that I did over the course of a year, every week, to very happy customers. And it proved to me that kids will eat what you give them if you just let them eat it. Just let them enjoy it. Don't judge it. Don't give them your preconceived notions on what they may or may not like. Don't tell them it's going to be too spicy. Don't tell them it's going to be too bitter. Don't tell them anything. Let them decide. Let them tell you if it's too spicy. You know what I tell my daughter when she says something too spicy? I tell her, take a drink of water. (laughs) Because the only way you're going to get to like spicy food is if you can get past that heat barrier and you can start to appreciate what spice is. Spice is different from heat. And so that, those are the types of things that I that I do with my food is I introduce spice in different ways. I introduce heat in different ways. I introduce acidity in different ways. And these are all very basic cooking. Um, These are all basic flavor profiles. Um, But, you know, we've come to the point where we go to the supermarket, we pick up a rotisserie chicken, and we grab a bag of salad, and that's what we eat four nights a week. Mm -hmm. And it's because we're busy. And I get it. I'm busy, too. Most people aren't chefs. They think they have to cook amazing food every night in order to put it in front of their family. You really don't. You can grill a piece of fish, steam some broccoli, put some garlic on it, make, you know, make a little sweet potatoes with some coconut milk and cinnamon, and that can be dinner. And that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I would say two things to that, Chef Tara. One is that I couldn't agree more about the whole idea of introducing vegetables to your child early. My daughter, that's the first thing she eats on the plate. So I sauteed vegetables. Yes, and it's what I've eaten over the years. And mm-hmm. so she eats what I eat. And even my poor husband, of course, he's looking at the broccoli going, really? We've got to eat broccoli. And she's like, it's good. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It really works. And the same thing with spice, as you were saying. She now can tolerate spice and heat and loves it and expects it and, and enjoys it. So I, th- I think it's just so important 
what you're doing to develop the palate. And the other thing that I want to say, too, is I appreciate so much the realness of the conversation. It was important for me to bring on real people as my guests who would share their story in a real way. It isn't easy to be an entrepreneur, and there are road bumps along the way that sometimes are extremely jarring. And um, what I appreciated is you're talking about how it is you're turning down the road because you, you still want to remain an entrepreneur and develop the business, but you've got to find a way to really make it viable for yourself, and that's where you are today. And at this stage, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll come back and we'll hear a little bit more about what the work actually means to you today. Stay tuned. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. All right, welcome back to the program and, and Chef Terry Anderson here. We left off, she was talking to us about the trials and tribulations of being a, a business owner, and, and that certainly is so. For, for most of you that are out there who have, have even attempted it, you well know what she's talking about. And the trick is to keep at it and keep looking for a way to find that niche that you can fill. And that's what she's doing right now, which I wholly applaud and appreciate so much. Her journey, her path, her persistence. Uh, I think what she has to say is important. I think what you're contributing to the marketplace is really important, and I, and I really do think it's a movement. So um, I know we all we all need support and friends, and so that's part of, of what we all have here together. Um, I'd like to understand now at this juncture, you've had a long career. You've done all kinds of things. You've had really interesting jobs. 
Um, you've worked for really amazing companies and brands, and now you're off on your own in your business, have been there for a couple of years. Now what does the work mean to you? Where are you finding the meaning today? Now it's really important to me that I influence um, families uh, by first being a good example and practicing what I talk about so much in my work, but also living it and being a living, breathing example of the fact that if you feed your kids good food and real food and you focus on their needs, then you will see a true difference in their behavior, in their overall health and and attitude and happiness. And they'll also enjoy eating on a different level. And for me, because I'm a chef, that's very important. Um, but it, it's really important to all of us. And, and so that's kind of what's important to me right now is making sure that I am being a great example of what I believe in and that I'm living it every day and I'm not just talking about it. Um, And I've seen it happen in some close relationships that I have. People are becoming that I, people that I am in contact with are becoming more aware of what they're eating, becoming more aware of what their families are eating. They come to me for advice because I'm a subject matter expert. They ask me suggestions on, Hey, you know, my kid is having, um, he, he's not growing the way we would want him to grow. What what should we be doing? What should I be feeding him? What do you suggest? When should we be eat? When should he be snacking? Blah blah blah. These are questions that I get. Um, aside from people who are trying to cook towards specific diets where they're having challenges of kids who are celiac who have nut allergies, and they're asking me for suggestions on how they can substitute certain ingredients and how they can make sure that flavor's still there and, and how they can cook more healthily without all the fat or how to incorporate fat. What fat should I be using? These are all things that people are coming to me for, which which tells me that I'm making a difference, that um, even if it's in my own circle, that I am making a difference. And let's be honest, that's, that's where differences start. That's where changes start. It's in your immediate circle. And I'm hoping that slowly I can make that change into a larger and larger circle. Because my direct delivery path didn't work with half pint pallets, I am pursuing a processor um, to potentially do one offs of some of the items that I've been working on and and either launch a new brand or or launch half pint pallets into the retail marketplace as a real option for families who, who are looking for food solutions for their families. So, you know, if you were to say if I have any advice, it's to constantly look for where you're relevant. And because I, I found that it, it was no longer viable to be in business the way I was doing it, I had to take another direction. And that was me seeking advice from business account, business acquaintances, friends, my mom, um, you know, just what do I do? My husband, mostly my husband, uh, lots of late night conversations with him. And, you know, he, he also works for a big brand and, and so not be afraid to take a different direction. Your dream is not always what you saw from the very beginning. Sometimes it's completely different. Um, if we have a few minutes, I'll tell a little story. Yeah, go for okay. it. Sure. Uh, so I guess about a year ago, less than a year ago, last January, uh, I was at a birthday party for a friend. And I was talking to her father-in-law, and he talked to me about um, Roundup. 
I don't know why he brought this up to me other than to make a point. And I, he was asking me about my business and I had shared with him that I was struggling with what to do. I'm here. I am two months from having a baby and my business is not extremely profitable and blah, blah, blah. And looking to someone who's 65 plus years, hoping maybe he would have some corner significant advice to give me. And so he said, you know, I have a story to tell you. I, I live in wherever I live and, and I'm friends with people on the board of this heart hospital. And they told me the story about the guy, the guy, a guy who used to sit on their board and he, he works for um, Roundup. Roundup was actually developed. Now, hopefully the story's true. Roundup was actually developed trying to be something to be a fertilizer. Uh, so these scientists and product developers were trying to develop this product to make things grow. And everything they put it on, they killed it. And so after hundreds and hundreds of million dollars of research, they finally presented it to the board of whoever owns Roundup and said, listen, we've wasted all your money. We can't make a fertilizer that works. And so this particular board member said, well, what does it do? And he said, well, it kills everything in sight and nothing grows back. He said, great, we have a weed killer. Let's go invest $400 million in, in making that a brand. And at that moment, I don't think this guy actually knows that, but I realized what I'm doing works for now, but it doesn't have to always work. And I was getting a message that this is not the right direction. If it was, it would be working. And so I had to take a different direction and I had to say, okay, I'm not making fertilizer. I'm making weed killer. So let's go make weed killer successful. And so instead of trying to feed everybody, instead of trying to feed infants and toddlers and old people and everything, Let's try to feed the people who are buying the most and let's try to go after what what's really successful and what's really working. And um, I will forever remember that story. And, and if and when I see him again, I'm going to tell him the impact that that story had on my life, because although he may not have thought it was significant, it was probably the best advice I could have been given at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I find so fascinating about entrepreneurs is that is exactly what happens. They they somehow hit a fork in the road and they realize there's a total different direction to go that they couldn't see on their own mm-hmm. until somehow it presents itself or you get knocked over the head with or something mm-hmm. like that. And again, I appreciate that that's what you're doing. You're still looking for that path. Mm-hmm. You're still looking for that for that opening. And I, I hope what you're doing next is going to really get you there. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I, I, the other thing I want to understand, since you know I am all about the deliciousness, the juiciness of the meaning piece and how it relates to who you are as a human being. So today in your work, where's Chef Tara? Where's, she, where's Tara in her work? Uh I'm really fulfilled. I, um, I'm doing product development right now and I love doing product development. It's probably, I didn't know I loved it until I started doing it for, for Pepsi. And now that I'm doing it for myself, I adore it because, um, I'm using the products that I want to be using and supporting the beliefs around agriculture and around food that I believe in and that I want to support and that I want to help get into the mainstream. And if I can do that, I will feel very satisfied. I'm also much more engaged in in the local food industry than I would have been had I not taken this path. I'm very engaged in our schools and our school food and what's happening locally on that. I'm, I'm engaged in an organization called La Dames d'Escoffier and I, I, I get to go to conventions and see people who are influencing the food industry on a national scale and doing amazing things and learning and getting inspired by them. Uh, and, and as to how I can also make another difference in another direction, not just creating a product that's going to go on a shelf, but 
making a difference in my community and influencing the people around me and hopefully future generations. Well, I think that's amazing. And and I do think that this is what I was looking for from you was that very real story, the journey of how you got here, the, all the bumps on the road. And so I appreciate you telling us about those bumps because we all know they're there. It's just a matter of acknowledging them and sharing them and being honest about that. And that that's what I want this show to be about. So thank you, Chef Tara, for joining us and sharing your journey. Um, I would say that probably before you launched your business, I would say that your mode of engagement probably was what I would call wanting more but comfortable. I'd have to think about where you, where you might be today, but um, let's just say that it's a few levels up. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you listeners for joining us in this inaugural show, the very first show of Working on Purpose. So appreciate you being here with us. Uh, next week, what we have in store for you is Marty Ruiz, who's going to talk about how he transformed his volunteer hobby into a paid vocation that he now considers his purpose. So I'll look to see you next week. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. We'll be right back.